For six years, Georgians with certain medical conditions have been permitted to take cannabis oil to ease their symptoms. For some patients, especially those suffering epileptic seizures, the oil has been nothing short of miraculous. There's just one problem. With nowhere in Georgia to actually buy the stuff, they've been forced to cross state lines to get it, meaning they run afoul of federal laws. It may mean meeting at a gas station on 285 or, you know, coming to somebody's workplace or at home. I mean, it, you do what you have to do to meet up with somebody to get them the medicine that they need. Finally, though, Georgia has approved licenses for six companies to produce medical marijuana oil. But hold on. Many of the companies whose applications were rejected are claiming the process was unfair. And the controversy could push back the day even further when cannabis oil will be sold here. To help make sense of all this, I'm joined by Mark Nisi, a reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So, Mark, as we talk today, I understand that there are 36 states right now that allow for at least some use of marijuana or cannabis products for certain medical conditions. But I'm a little unclear. Is Georgia one of them or not? Well, we're counting Georgia as one of the 36, even though Georgia's medical marijuana program isn't quite up and running yet. Okay, so let's let's go back a little bit. Help me understand how we got to this point, because I know that there are a lot of states throughout the country that are very far along in terms of allowing medical marijuana, but we're kind of bringing up the tail end. Why is that? Well, it's because it took a while for legislators to agree to make a medical marijuana law and medical marijuana program in Georgia. It started in 2015 when Georgia did pass a bill allowing patients with severe illnesses to take medical marijuana oil. The wait is over. Governor Nathan Deal signed the state's medical marijuana bill into law today. Uh, Upon my signature, immediately the law will become effective. But... Even though that law passed in 2015, people had no way to be able to obtain this medicine or this drug. And that only changed when a 2019 law passed setting up this licensing and distribution system that is now getting closer to getting up and running. What are some of the conditions that the cannabis oil specifically can address? There are quite a few. I believe it's more than a dozen. There's the most common treatment is for severe seizures or epilepsy. And that's where you hear from patients, especially children, who weren't able to function in a lot of ways because of epilepsy or seizures. And their parents would talk about how they would try going to hospitals. They would try different medicines. They would try different doctors. And they just didn't have any success until they tried low THC oil, which is what they call the brand of medical marijuana that's allowed in Georgia. This is 12-year-old Zoe Gilly. She suffers from a disorder that causes her to have seizures every day. At one point, she would have up to 75 just in one day. Within the last year, though, she's found medicine that has reduced that number significantly. I didn't think there would ever be a day that we could really engage with Zoe and see her play with her sister or engage with us. Their seizures having been reduced almost to nothing or very little. And so that's the most common usage. There's also Parkinson's disease, serious end-stage cancers, multiple sclerosis, Crohn's disease, sickle cell disease, AIDS, um, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, 
a number of other conditions, but those are the main ones. So when we talk about these various conditions, is it the oil specifically that addresses each of them, or are we also talking about actually inhaling marijuana, uh, lighting marijuana? No. Inhaling or vaping or smoking marijuana remains illegal in Georgia. Only medical marijuana oil is permitted in Georgia, and only if it has less than 5% THC, which is the psychoactive component of marijuana. And is it the THC that science scientists understand to be the effective component when it comes to addressing these medical conditions? They believe it plays a role. You know, in Georgia, you'll see it everywhere. We already have hemp and CBD stores selling it selling product just to anybody off the street. And that product, CBD, does not have any THC component in it. It's the THC that's illegal, but it's also the THC that has some of these health benefits for people. CBD oil also has some of the chemicals that are believed to help. The CBD combined with the THC, that seems to make a difference for patients that actually do have real issues that need treatment. The law was passed in 2015 uh, under Governor, uh, then-Governor Nathan Deal that allowed the medical exemptions for consuming such a product. And then you say several years later, we actually started to implement the mechanism by which we could introduce the, the manufacture of this stuff? That's right. And that's where we are right now, is that six companies have been approved to manufacture and distribute medical marijuana oil in Georgia. Tonight, we're hearing from parents after six Georgia companies were given the green light to start growing marijuana in our state of Georgia. Now, those companies will receive licenses to grow medical cannabis to be used in oils. The announcement is a long time coming for the thousands of patients across the state who have been approved to use it in oils since 2015. And how many people are we talking about who, who might benefit from this? According to the Department of Public Health, right now there are 20,000 patients registered to consume low THC oil. A lot of legislators and advocates in the industry and patients, they all think that that number will grow greatly once Georgia actually gives them a way to buy it. And for the companies that are producing the oil, it's, it's obviously a business opportunity. That's right. And the companies that will operate in Georgia, you have some large companies that have a lot of stores in other states already, and then you have a few companies that we don't really know too much about that are just getting started in this industry. Who decides that you, Company A, can come in, but you, Company B, cannot? In 2019, in the, at the Georgia Capitol, there was this long and difficult process and a lot of negotiation and debate before they finally arrived at this piece of legislation, this law that ultimately did pass and that Governor Brian Kemp signed into law Last April, Governor Kemp signed a bill to legalize medical marijuana production and distribution. Late last year, the governor set up the Georgia Access to Medical Cannabis Coalition to figure out how to run the medical marijuana business in the state. But they only met once before the pandemic hit. Allowing for this process for only six companies, no more and no less, to produce and distribute medical marijuana in Georgia. Two of those six companies will be larger companies that are allowed to grow medical marijuana on 100,000 square feet of indoor growing space, and the other four licensees will be allowed to grow medical marijuana on 50,000 square feet of indoor growing space. What we ended up with isn't perfect by 
anyone's perspective, but it's the middle ground that was able to pass. The number six, to me, sounds arbitrary. What's the logic behind that specific number? It is somewhat arbitrary. It's a number that legislators agreed on so that the market wouldn't be limited to just one or two companies and thereby leaving out other competitors. But, you know, it's not like some states allowed an unlimited number of companies to be licensed to produce medical marijuana oil. So presumably then uh, fewer than six might suppress competition. Uh, Many more than six might be hard to oversee and regulate. That's right. And also, I think part of the reasoning for having six is you have a backup plan. If some of these companies don't work out, the other companies would still be able to produce And also, these companies will be able to get it going in a hurry. There was some thinking among legislators that if you limit the competition to just six companies, you'll get some of these large companies that have experience and will be able to get a whole new industry up and running because they've done it in other states already. The legislation was crafted to try to attract companies that kind of know what they're doing. Now, Whether or not that's what we as citizens of Georgia will end up getting is another matter. Dozens of companies applied to the state to be one of just six ultimately approved to sell THC oil in Georgia. Why was the process shrouded in such secrecy? We'll be right back. This is Georgia Today. This is Georgia Today. I'm speaking with Mark Nisi, a reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution who's closely covered the cannabis oil licensing process here in Georgia. So 2019, Georgia basically says to the industry, we're going to be open for business, so if you're interested, apply to be one of these six businesses. What did that application process look like? What were they asking of these companies? There were a number of criteria. They included business plan, for example, a seed to soil tracking plan to make sure that they could keep track of this drug and not have it fall into the wrong hands. There's requirements for inspections, for business operations, for growing space and facility requirements. So there's a whole list of these requirements that companies had to meet, mostly surrounding their business capabilities and their business plans and their ownership profile, really getting to the point of will these companies be able to deliver for the patients that are already legally allowed to consume this drug. Mark, uh, you reported that at least one company's application was 774 pages or something. I'm, I'm, my gosh, it sounds like that's a Defense Department contract to build a Harrier jet. What takes 774 pages? Some of these applications are more than 2,000 pages, but it's hard to tell because so much of them are redacted. The public can't really see very much at all about what's in these applications, which is abnormal for a public government award process where it's picking and losing which businesses can operate in the state. What we know about most of these companies is we usually know the name of the CEO. We usually know where they will open their facilities, but we don't know a whole lot else about these companies because they were heavily redacted, which was by design. That was written into this 2019 law passed by the legislature. However, now we're seeing protests and complaints about the procurement process 
Another potential roadblock in the push to begin producing medical marijuana in Georgia. 15 producers are now protesting the state's decision to award licenses to six companies calling the process unfair. I'm a little confused. I could see if there was some sort of trade secret involved in creating the oil that maybe you don't want it disclosed for competition purposes. But when it comes to this is how many employees we want to hire or basic information, why in the world is that redacted? Businesses don't like disclosing their confidential information. And perhaps there was a thought that if businesses have to disclose less information, perhaps they'll be more willing to come forward with the details of their business operations than if they would be if everything were to be made public as it would in a normal state government procurement or licensing process. So of course, this information is not confidential from the Georgia Cannabis Board that evaluated these companies. And how many companies did apply for a license? 69 companies applied. And as you were reviewing these applications, what stuck out to you that you could actually see that wasn't redacted? What's most interesting to me is that you have a mix of companies that I've heard of and then new companies that were totally different or unknown winning these licenses. Going into the process, I expected most of these licenses to go to the big multi-state companies, the companies that are well-established that already operate in states like Florida or Colorado or New Jersey or Massachusetts or California. And there are a couple of those, but there's also some companies that were only incorporated just last year in 2020 in Georgia. Mark, is there anything you can tell us about any specific of these upstarts uh, that, that kind of popped out to you? Well, sure. The best known one of all of them is True Leave, a Florida-based company that operates a lot of dispensaries and does big business in Florida and a few other states. So that one wasn't too big of a surprise. You know, it's a publicly traded company that everybody's heard of. Um, but then you saw some other companies, you know, the other class one license for a 100,000 square foot growing facility went to a company called Botanical Sciences, which was a new company to me. I hadn't heard about it previously, but we do know that it has a spinal and pain management doctor as its CEO. And we were also able to find out that on its board of directors, it has former U.S. Representative Tom Price, who was also health secretary in the Trump administration. Tom Price, uh, Republican Tom Price, what was his position been on, on medical marijuana? Generally speaking, when he was in Congress, he voted against medical marijuana bills that would expand use of the medicine in states where it was allowed to be consumed. And that raises the concerns of patients who are wondering, hey, what's going on with this bidding process where a powerful former congressman in Georgia is able to be on the board of a company for a product that he never publicly supported before, and that company was able to rise to the top of this very competitive licensing process? Sounds like a good question. What's the answer? It's hard to tell because we can't see the application. We don't know. It's hard to compare the companies. It's hard to know why one company was chosen over another because their applications are so heavily redacted. And so we're just left with all these questions about did the best companies really win this license? And did former Congressman Price talk to you? Only to decline comment and direct me to the company CEO. I did talk briefly to the CEO 
of the company. He said he would call me back, and I didn't get any response from him. Mark, what can you tell us about the commission um, itself, the state commission whose members were appointed you know, by the governor and others to actually make these decisions? Who are they? The commission was appointed by Governor Brian Kemp, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, and House Speaker David Ralston. The chairman of the commission is Dr. Christopher Edwards. He is a spinal surgeon and doctor. And then you have other members of the commission. You have a police chief from Austell. You have the owner of a Massage Envy franchise. You have a few other doctors and pharmacists on the board, as well as other business owners. And is there any uh, record that's that's available that would give us some insight into their deliberations over all these uh, 60-plus companies that applied? The only record that really sheds light on why one company was chosen over another is a sheet that shows the final scores each company received. But it doesn't isn't broken down to show how the companies received those scores. In a normal procurement, you'll be able to see how each company scored on each section of the application. In this case, all we see is the aggregate score, and we see that the companies that scored highest were the ones that received the licenses. As we talk about the six companies that were accepted, there were, of course, uh, 60 or so that were rejected. What has been the reaction of some of those companies to being rejected uh, in their application to operate in Georgia? Fifteen of the losing companies are protesting, and they filed a protest document. And by filing a protest, they're able to submit the reasons that they believe they should have won the award. And then that protest will be reviewed by an administrative hearings officer appointed by the Georgia Access to Medical Cannabis Commission. State recently announcing six companies would get licenses, but some businesses not approved are complaining the state misread their applications. In several instances, information on the fate that is in our proposal was either disregarded or missed by the reviewers. And as a result, uh, Peach State's score is lower than it should have been, significantly lower than it should have been. If there were scoring errors or if there were inconsistencies in how these licenses were awarded, well, let's say a company fulfilled all the requirements of one of the sections of, of the application and they can prove they did every requirement that they could have possibly done, but they were docked points without justification. You know, they could argue well, we only got 80 points, we should have gotten 100 points. And if that extra 20 points puts them above one of the six companies that did win, well, then they would be in line to get one of those six licenses. And I understand that one of the companies um, has a board member, Alan Peake, who, who was a state representative who was very vocal uh, for quite a while in, in advancing um, the medical marijuana cause, specifically in Georgia. Republican lawmaker Alan Peake who championed the state's legalization of medical cannabis in 2015, took matters into his own hands. We now have, for, uh, for all practical purposes, a distribution network where we will funnel this product to families um, who are properly registered with the state and have the legal right to possess uh, up to 20 ounces. What's his reaction been? He's certainly disappointed. Former Representative Alan Peake, he was the godfather of Georgia's medical marijuana program. He's the one who pushed this legislation through the process in 2015 and the years afterward. And a lot of the patients he worked with use a product called Haley's Hope, which is a low THC oil that 
many patients started with and continued with because they found it to be effective. Peek was disappointed by what he saw as some potential unfairness or lack of transparency in the process. But of course, these 15 companies that are protesting the outcome, they don't have access, I mean, to to the reasons the same way that you and I don't have access, right? The companies know their own application and how they were scored. So they can be able to argue to the Cannabis Commission that they were not evaluated as well as they should have been. So the lack of transparency that the industry was pushing maybe back in 2019 is working against those that lost out. That's right. Because, you know, normally in a state government process, it does have to be public unless the General Assembly writes it into law that it doesn't. And that's what happened in this case. So with these protests, what does it mean for for when the day will arrive when someone who holds one of these medical marijuana cards can actually buy something in the state of Georgia? It's really open-ended right now how long this process is going to take to resolve. Each of these 15 companies are entitled to be heard by the administrative hearings officer, and that person will have to respond, will have to come up with a decision, and only when that process is completed can licenses be awarded to the six winning companies. Even then, there might be lawsuits to contest the awards process if there were discrepancies or reason for that. And then after the licenses are finally awarded to these six companies, they have one year to begin operations and distribution. I think what's most important is that the patients be kept in mind most of all. They're the ones who have been advocating for this medicine for years and years. And they're frustrated that they've been having to, many of them have been obtaining it illegally, even though they're allowed to use it ever since Georgia has had a medical marijuana program for six years now. It just hasn't been up and running. The law says they can use it, but it prohibits them from buying it. In their view, it's kind of open and shut that the patients are the ones who need this product. The law says they can use it, but they've been delayed and delayed and delayed. And now this process is getting bogged down with protests and disputes and redactions and secrecy over whether the right companies won licenses or not. I think the patients don't care as much which company wins. They just want to have a product that they can buy legally without having to worry about any potential prosecutions and just focus on getting treatment for these medical conditions. My thanks to Mark Nisi, a reporter at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The 15 companies that have lodged protests with the state after failing to get a license to grow here aren't the only ones upset about the process. Some farmers in Georgia have also complained that one of the criteria for applying, that a producer have $1.5 million in cash on hand, meant small growers never stood a chance. For more Georgia Today, go to gpb.org. I'm Steve Fennessy. Georgia Today is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Subscribe to our show anywhere you get podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple. Jahi Whitehead produced this episode. Jesse Nyswanger engineered it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. 